0: Aaron Brewing is the next victim of the pandemic. You've done fucked up, brew dogs, again. Want to become a monarch? Do I have the deal for you? This is it's all beer.
1: Welcome to it's all beer, where we take the beer news of the week, mash it together, boil it with the hops of truth, and ferment it with the yeast of dick jokes. I'm Jeremy Jones.
0: <laughs> I'm Tyler Zimmerman, and that was a good one. That was witty. <laughs> Wittier than I thought you could do. Well, and not, and
1: not bad for, uh, for the day where I'm like, oh shit, I haven't written my witty little intro today. So uh, yeah. that was actually what I was uh, uh, typing on my phone when we walked in. Oh, um, perfect. <laughs> so uh, how you doing?
0: Welcome back.
1: Um, I am at least uh, 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 70% COVID free. So,
0: Perfect. Well, it's, I'm glad to be back. Uh, and I've got some fun news. Don't we don't we just but um, oh no <laughs> I've got different news oh yeah you won't be the only father on this podcast are you serious congratulations I'm serious.
1: congratulations thank you it's a it's a it's a strange way to, to announce it to the world but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, but not th- everyone has a podcast so they can't do it on their podcast fair enough well congratulations thank you happy for you. And also, um, <laughs> your life is going to be shit now. <laughs> Seriously, it's terrible. <laughs> I love a little shit, but it's terrible. Uh. Um, so actually, before we get into it too, too much, um, uh, I, I had to pick this up. This is from uh, um, uh, Equilibrium Brewing. It's their Mobius. Um, this is a 500 milliliter bottle. It is an American porter. Just an American porter.
0: Um, not even a big American Porter, 7%. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, okay, bold move of a 500 mil, but I can respect it. And 12 bucks. Jesus Christ. And so I'm thinking to myself, we're talking about
1: an American Porter, right? Which is not a style. This is, first of all, I mean, they're proud of themselves anyway. They're usually known for their hazy IPAs. They just came into town. Their, their pint of hazy IPA cans are, uh, run somewhere in between, Eh, five to seven dollars you know they're on the they're definitely on the higher end of that scale they are pushing the bounds of ridiculous um but you know i not not unheard of for a uh, highly sought after um uh ipa um this also came in and i you know part of the special release so i thought it must be an imperial stout or something no just straight up american porter again yeah. higher end
0: it, it it is a solid <clears throat> porter um, have you had it no, I okay. just took a drink. Uh, okay,
1: I was gonna say I wanted to just do that before I.
0: What got me on the label is it, it says "seller" properly. Who the fuck sellers a seven percent American porter? I mean, my biggest question is, um, I mean, first of all, I'm like
1: going, that looks stupid. Twelve bucks for a porter is stupid. And then I thought I should buy one and I should tell the people who listen, you know, both all of like you. thirty, <laughs> um, if it's stupid. Um, I mean it would be a it, it would be a marvelous thing if the the good people at equilibrium somehow through the magic of of beer making took like a very simple style and made it so sublime as to make it worth 12 bucks um first taste though uh is it's how, how is it is it a 12 dollar porter
0: no i I don't know if I've ever drank a twelve dollar porter and I don't know if I will ever drink a twelve dollar porter you, you are drinking one now well like one that actually lives up to the price tag of twelve dollars.
1: It's a bit like a I was trying to think of a metaphor, the best thing I could come up with like a ten dollar can of uh, of tuna. I'm a I'm a, I'm a fan of a tuna sandwich. Um, but the whole point is it's cheap. That's the point of a porter, is they're yeah. a cheap it's 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 the drink of the it's working class. It's the poor class. man. It's drink. The, literally the drink it's named after the working class.
0: Yeah. I uh, I mean it is very well done and true to style. And that being said, yeah, I just took a couple drinks. If I it's ex- could get a twelve ounce can of this or a sixteen ounce can for under three bucks, I would crush the shit out of it.
1: Um, it's a it's a very nice porter. Like caramely, hint of roast, a touch of uh, black chocolate, very smooth, and it's held up really well. This oh. was bottled on five twenty one. Oh so it is so it's aged not quite a year but getting there um i mean it's it's nice smooth complex but again if this i could probably find a a a porter
0: i can go buy a six pack of black butte porter for the same price
1: um exactly i mean that's kind of what i'm thinking i'm like is it is it a pre i guess i should have i I should have gone out and should have gotten black butte porter to put it up against it come to think of it could uh, uh, gone out and got a couple more porters. Like, is this twelve dollar porter truly better than your average porter? It's a good porter. <clears throat> I didn't. I don't think uh, uh, it nor any other porter can really live up to the twelve to twelve dollars. But but they're,
0: it's not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be for the poor.
1: <laughs> That's where we're at now. The poor. <laughs> That's the cheapest beer. Uh, available to them
0: Uh, next thing we know jeremy's gonna be handing out porters to homeless people and (laughs) no just olive garden coupons he's (laughs) like bring back the porter's roots (laughs) make
1: porter poor again (laughs) it's gonna be the that's gonna be my presidential campaign yes um anyway so i guess the what we learned Daisy
0: ipas took our packaging (laughs) they took our packaging
1: (laughs) gotta say it with that weird like semi constipated Well, anyway, we learned two things. Number one, congratulations on your your own crotch goblin. Oh, thank you. And uh, and uh, there is no such thing as a twelve dollar porter. Uh, Tyler, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, there is. You physically paid it, <laughs> which is the thing. That, there's no porter
1: worth twelve dollars. <laughs> I mean, there is one of those. Listen, here's my here's my defense uh, for buying a twelve dollar porter. I get to come here and sit, tell people. Should you buy a $12 porter? And the answer is,
0: eh. That was kind of like that $16 can of tart maple syrup that was overly sweet that I bought for us. Okay, so here's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. I like this. (laughs) I wouldn't pay... I'm not going to buy
1: another bottle of this because I'm pretty sure I can find a porter that's as good in the, you know... $2, $2, uh, 12, uh, a 12-ounce can range. What you brought
0: was fucking vile. <laughs> it was undrinkable. <laughs> I'd never had something that was so sweet yet so tart. And I didn't think... Like, I'm, I've almost got, like, Stockholm Syndrome for it, where I'm like, I respect it, but it hurt me.
1: <laughs> oh... Anyway, so uh, I respect it, but it hurt me is basically the tagline of this podcast. Um, <laughs> Tyler, would you like to get us started
0: today? Well, speaking of hurt, um, a legacy brand just bit the dust. Uh, Marin Brewing uh, just announced it will be closing after more than 30 years. Uh, officially 33 years in business. I
1: mean, I I was sort of familiar with them. They, they came into town with just their pale ale, and the pale ale was phenomenal pale ale i was gonna
0: say i feel they were around for like four years and then just kind of phased out Um, in like 2018 they were one of i mean they they were in this
1: market through one of the specialty brands Uh, basically all they had was their mount tam pale ale Mm -hmm. and it did well but i mean the thing is is that if you're if you come into a market and you have one beer that lasts for only so long before people are like okay what's next cool yeah I mean the, the, the exception is I mean if they could have if that distributor could have gotten that to supermarkets or something then that probably might have changed
0: I think even then they got it in some placements but it the style I mean pale ales while I love them don't move the needle a ton
1: no they don't and so without getting I mean they're they're uh, they're that's that distributor's bread and butter is specialty shops, and so and he got them into most of them. But that that market's always looking for what's new, what's exciting, and at some point, what's in time, next? Yeah, what's next? It sold well, it sold sold extremely well to begin with, then less so, and then finally, um, from I think from my perspective, I took it off the shelves for a while, and then it kind of vanished. But um, such is the such such, such is the story of many brands that make that kind of conga line through uh, this and other markets. Um, but 33 years, I was, I was aware that it was a, it was a, I guess you call it a legacy brand, but I wasn't aware of that. It had that much history down in San Diego. Is it,
0: uh, I think San Francisco, San Francisco, it doesn't specifically mention the city in the article that I found. I'm sure Jeremy could look it up real quick, but it was, they opened Marin brewing, uh, on April fool's day of 1989. Um, talk about running a joke too long oh 100 i mean in october of 1989 Marin brewing company won the first four of what would become many medals at the at gabf so they started off kind of right off the get-go um they are contributing it to um financial struggle due to the COVID 19 pandemic uh it said it's a whole bunch of things coming together at the same time, but probably the biggest thing would be COVID. Uh, he said that while he is paying rent now, he wasn't able to make payments at the height of the pandemic, and he didn't get any help from the $30 billion restaurant revitalization f- fund, which was kind of the big tipping point. Uh, he filed the application within an hour of the portal going live, and he said he got the response many other business owners got. They ran out of money.
1: Um, trying to, I was trying to think of the, some of the breweries that we've lost to the
0: pandemic. This might be the most consequential. Come to think of it. Hmm. Uh-huh. Um. So they will still be keeping their the Moylan's Brewery and Restaurant in Nevada open. Um. Uh, but they are shutting down their main production. And
1: Yeah, I'm not sad about that. Uh, we also got Moylan's in here at one point in time. I don't. I w- was not as familiar with them, although I did have a couple of their things. What sticks out was a, I want to say a barley wine that was almost a textbook case of diacetyl. Oh. Like, you know, almost out of Harry Potter butterbeer type of. Uh, uh, uh. And they're out of Lake Spur, which is like right across the bay from San Francisco. Guys. Okay.
0: So, Northern California brand. I knew they were somewhere in California, but... uh, As Jeremy mentioned, they were kind of known for the Mount Tam Pale Ale. uh, As well as a Stinson Beach Peach. A triple dipsy Belgian style ale. Um, But, uh, they... Hosted a ton of music shows. They were a pretty big member of the community. um, And... Emotions have kind of ra- range from outrage to sadness uh, to compassion. People just... Outrage. <laughs> that's how, their
1: how dare you?
0: <laughs> how uh, dare
1: you close because you're out of money? <laughs> I wave my fist at you in anger. I think
0: your- <laughs> the outrage was more that they weren't able to get into the restaurant revitalization fund, even though there was, like, major corporations that were... Oh, that's fair. ...abusing it. Yeah,
1: I would... That's, that's probably worth, like... So, Bagging on some senator's door and yep. saying, Hey, uh my brewery's closing down and you know and so stop that hooker from blowing you and listen to me for a mm-hmm. second.
0: He said uh before the pandemic they had about a hundred employees, they're now operating with fifty, and he's devastated to have to let those last fifty go. Um he said they've done a great job, put in extra time, worked throughout all the madness. Uh a few of them will move over to Moyland's Nevada location. Not enough was, when asked how many, all he said was not enough. Uh,
1: Which is to say, not all of them.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, Moylan does plan to host the silent auction to sell off m- the memorabilia display- displayed in the Lakespur, uh and all the proceeds from that silent auction will actually go back to the employees being let go. Oh, that's quite kind of them. Yep. Uh, In a quote, he says, it's been a great ride. We've had a lot of good times over the year. Um, We used to be able to do 500 donations a year to about 300 different groups. As time evolves, uh, people get short-sighted where they shop. That's why it's important to shop local. um, And that basically help out in the community. So sad to see him go, but I mean, that's kind of the next evolution of... The craft brewing industry is basically evolve or die. I, I think we are kind of in the kind of in the
1: middle of the 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 I don't know the the the, the next great filter if you want to call it, where the original uh, uh, business owners that you know and entrepreneurs that started that are now you know they were in their 30, 20s, twenties, thirties, forties in some cases when they started that, um, and th- and in cases that was in this case thirty years ago. And yep. so, not only is the coronavirus uh, pandemic making things difficult, but also we're running into the... Uh, the uh, will uh, to keep fighting. I was going to say, I was gonna say the, uh, uh, the unfortunate reality of mortality, where you kind of go, listen, um, I'm not... Doing 20 hours a day was fine <laughs> when I was 30. This is, this, this is horseshit. I want, to, I want to basically sit on a deck and drink beer and, and do little else.
0: Yes. So, sad to see him go... Uh, especially since they had a slight presence for a little while in b- the Boise market but uh, be curious to see uh, kind of what takes over in their place I mean i
1: I guess on the plus side a probably a well-built brewery that you know could could use a, 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 a some some a new, new tenant ha- some new hands and a, and some new creativity a chance to revitalize that so
0: and I mean, like you had said, we had only got such a small selection of them. In w- hearing kind of their best sellers, none of those three styles are real fast movers. I mean, there's about 10. Mar- what was the other ones? Um, a peach <clears throat> and a
1: Belgian. Oh. Yeah, none of, them are, none of them are sexy, hazy IPAs, although, you know. Um,
0: yeah, a... Stinson's Beach Peach. Oh yeah, you you said that, and then I just completely blocked and it. And then triple uh Dip Sip, dipsy Belgian style
1: ale. We've been doing this uh podcast for uh getting on to four years, so we're like an old married couple. I just don't listen Has to Has it anymore. been four years? It'll be this it'll be four years in April.
0: Holy shit.
1: <laughs> And
0: People e- are still tuning in. Uh,
1: someone's downloading it, so either so either people are listening, or you're going home and downloading it uh, like a couple hundred times. In which case, yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. I run into people throughout the week, Ben, namely who downloads <laughs> our podcast. I think he said he got his head brewer interested in the podcast. So, well,
1: thanks, Ben. <laughs> appreciate you listening
0: <laughs> <laughs> And I think Erica
1: still listens so I don't think she does. she's given up podcasts mm. she doesn't have she, she doesn't have to have that long ass commute to work anymore or she, well she didn't have to she didn't rely on podcasts to uh, try to get her through a work day anymore uh, so fair enough <laughs> she's largely stopped but anyway <clears throat> so actually for, for, so for her she just like so what did you talk about on the podcast and I just basically
0: <laughs> tell her <laughs>
1: tell her all right. You done fucked up, brew dogs, again. <clears throat> Takes a special type of asshole to end up on this list twice. Although, be fair, I think this is third time. This is this is like no, I, I think when we did like a full on you done fucked up the once, because um, they had firing. They fired. They fired a. Uh, they fired a. Um, um, all the gay, trans, queer mm-hmm. people out of a uh, their brewery in Indianapolis. Um, it turns out that may not have been. That may not, you know, they they were accused of doing that. It turns out that they that could have been just a a company policy of just firing random people for for no reason. Um, This week, um, the BBC uh, released a documentary entitled "Disclosure: uh, The Truth About Brewdog." Um, That has brought together a rash of allegations about a toxic business culture, questionable PR stunts, a work environment filled with fear, abuse, sexual harassment, and most of it involving James Watt, uh, one of the founders um, in particular. Oh,
0: and Um, he was like the big founder because he leveraged or like he had some family that had like money coming from it before. So he owns a bunch of different businesses. He's he was on like. The UK's version of Shark Tank. Yeah. So, how deep does this go?
1: I. It's not. It, this. This doesn't look great for him. Um. Now, this story actually begins back in June, um, when a group of a uh, group of former employees, collectively known as Punks with a Purpose, um, released an open letter calling out both BrewDog, and James Watt. Um, I don't want to read the whole letter. Uh, you, can, uh, you can find some, I'll put that on our Twitter and Instagram feeds, but I did want to quote a couple of uh, a couple paragraphs. Uh, uh, it opens with, quote, in a post-truth world, you have allowed the ends to justify the means time and time again. Lies, hypocrisy, deceit can be useful tools. PR campaigns repeated over and over on LinkedIn until you actually believe them yourselves. Is good for driving awareness, and if anyone questions the validity of your claims, you can simply move on to the next campaign. How many more times are we going to see stories about sending protest beer to Russia? You didn't. Um, James and Mar- James and Martin changing their names to Elvis. They didn't. Um, quick side. Do you know about this one? Uh,
0: I think I had heard about it because they were doing a bunch of stunts this when is, they had the TV show. Okay, so
1: um, quick, quick, really quickly, uh, it was their Elvis. Shit, I forget what it. What the El- Elvis Ra- Raspberry something.
0: It's an IPA.
1: Okay. Well, they named one of their beers Elvis something rather. Okay? looks It's like
0: Elvis juice or something. Uh, like yeah.
1: That. Um, and anyway, the uh, state of Elvis Presley sued, and so James and Martin um, uh, alleged, uh, well, went you know changed their name to Elvis. And the the original idea was the whole staff was going to change their name to Elvis and thus say you know hey we can do it too. Uh, it turns out that they didn't actually do that. Um, it was just a stunt. Um, <clears throat> Awarding an Employee of the Month over a sweary can, um, again, really quickly. Uh, I actually had to look at this one. I don't remember this one. Um, um, back in 2016, an employee, as a joke, had Motherfucker Day printed on the, bo- on the bottom of Punk IPA cans beneath the Best Buy date. Um, and then the employee was awarded with an Employee of the Month award, despite the fact that BrewDog had then recalled the cans. Um, it turned out that that employee uh, thought of it, cleared it with James, they went ahead and did it. They went ahead and did it as a stunt, and there is no uh, employee of the month scheme at uh, at Brew Dogs. They just the guy on the documentary um, who, uh, who was kind of involved in this said, "Yeah, there's no employee of the month. I just printed out employee of the month on a piece of paper and gave it to him." <laughs> um, anyway, um, or offering paternity leave, with which many staff are simply never printed to take. Worse, by placing personalities at the center of your messaging. You have inflated egos and fostered a culture within craft beer that defies founders and gives weight to sexist and misogynistic brewers who claim to be standing up for free speech. You have become a lightning rod for some of the worst attitude present on both the internet and in real life. The letter goes on to basically say that the identity that BrewDog was trying to build around itself was just bullshit, pure and simple. Um, That any values it purported to uphold were little more than a cynical marketing ploy. They mentioned specifically a saison brewed with glacier water to raise money for environmental causes. Half of that, half of that, either the beer or the water itself—it's not really clear from the letter—was uh, dumped. And then, more damning for me, the company decided to slash the contribution uh, to the environmental fund, claiming it was just too too large. Um, oh. But more than anything else, I mean, they they do talk about how basically your 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 entire the facade that which you built this company on is is horseshit. But the the what they. What really prompted the letter was a work environment that is just crushing. Unrealistic expectations, unsafe conditions, corners being cut, belittling managers, and a culture that basically says, if you don't like it, fuck right the hell off.
0: Oh. I mean, they also got busted a couple of years ago. They did... They had a... When they were launching their alcohol-free line, Mm -hmm. uh, they reached out to a bunch of marketing firms and... One came up with the idea of Punk AF. Yeah. Punk as fuck. Punk alcohol free. Designed up everything. And they're like, no, we're going to go a different route. Then took the fucking pitch material. And created and changed like one small thing. And we're like, look at our Punk AF. And the marketing company sued them. And I think we talked about this in an early episode of the podcast.
1: I now I'm I'm suddenly remember that, although I have no idea Uh, what episode that was.
0: And then they did. uh, They got sued for their can their gold can. uh,
1: I vaguely remember that one. Yeah, yeah. And then
0: just found out they're getting in legal trouble with the United States. Uh, Saw that earlier this week uh, because they are. They've been sending over a bunch of beers with a non-allowed
1: adjunct in it. Well, that could actually be because of the documentary, because they did bring that up. They brought a... uh... Okay. In the documentary, they bring in a, um, a, uh, I think he's a, a
0: uh, And, like, they basically didn't claim that that right. was in there and are, have been sending it over to try to get away with it. I think
1: that, that may have been a follow up from the documentary because the, because the, uh, the, 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 the BBC doc, they basically bring a, uh, bring a, uh, a customs agent on and they, you know, they show him, like, hey, this is the beer they brought over. They claim there's no, they, you know, they, you know, on your form here, they claim no, um, no, um, uh, um extracts of any kind but here's the ingredient list and basically there's this there's this customs guy you can just see the like wheels turning his mind going in the in the, the interviewer goes so does it look like brew dogs broke the law he's like yeah it looks like they did and it wouldn't take much imagination to say that once that interview wrapped that uh, that that official said
0: can i have that
1: yeah can i have that and then went over said yeah get me uh a- <laughs> uh give me a call to our boys in uh in scotland i've got to we, we, we've got to have a chat um but um um anyway um the uh, many people did i mean it's the this culture has uh, um basically caused a lot of people who joined brew dog with you know great yeah, expectations. Rebel. You know, that that were, just, that were just excited to join a company with this, uh, you know, with that ideals. Um, it caused them, caused a lot of them to leave in disgust and many to fall out of the industry altogether. Um, and then even former employees felt a sense of fear for even speaking out. Uh, current employees, of course, feel fe- fear, uh, you know, being fired for little to no cause. Uh, whenever they brought up issues, um, the company claims that over 40 additional employees stood by the contents of the letter. Uh, but were afraid to sign, uh, fearing additional legal or uh, other retribution. And, and and actually, that was what it said in the letter. Since the letter was published in June, an additional three hundred employees have come forward saying that they would that they would. Uh, uh, now that
0: it's got out, got a little traction. That they are sign the letter. Nice. The letter
1: um, closed with the word with words to Watt specifically. "Quote: The true culture of brew dogs is, and seemingly always what has been, fear." You go on LinkedIn and claim that the buck stops with you, but do you have the guts to look at the team you've built around you and admit that the overwhelming majority of them are quietly afraid that their next mistake could be their last at BrewDog? The last few weeks, the silence has been deafening. Excuse me. The silence has been deafening. This is not the time to try and quietly wait things out. Um. James Watt himself, in a public statement after after this letter came out, um, and this letter was published on uh, on, on Twitter. Um, in a public statement, um, he said, "Quote: As a fast-growing business, we have always tried to do the best with by our team. We do have thousands of employees, but with positive stories to tell as a result. But the tweet we saw last night proves that on many occasions we haven't got it right. We are committed to doing better, not just as a reaction to this, but always." and we are going to reach out to the entire team past and present to learn more but most of all right now we are sorry which corporate speak we're sorry you know what i oh, wait so that is not I'll, I'll give you that that that's not bad that's a good start you know it's it it i would i would say that it says it's easy to talk though I, you got to back it up i mean i would listen as 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 in as, as responses go that's not bad that's like B plus, you know, it says we we, we fucked up apology. If you know,
0: they do own it,
1: you know, and if they, if they were to go forward and, you know, actually try to change their culture at that point in time, then, you know, a, and also we're probably not talking about them now because they solved that. Um, it's what they did next that, uh, (laughs) that slightly undermines. Oh um, no. Um, he decided it would be a good idea to write his own open letter. um, and again, I'm not going to read the whole letter, but it is fucking weird. It reads like the breakup letter from a from that controlling douche you accidentally hooked up with that one time.
0: Oh man.
1: Here is the opening paragraph. Are you ready? Strap in. Wow, we hear you loud and clear. And honestly, we're a little surprised and sad that working at Brewdog left such a negative impression on you. Let's pause there. All right.
0: That's super condescending, right there.
1: Yeah, um... More like, f- oh, we're that terrible? <laughs> I mean, it's more focused on their feelings than those aggrieved. Um, but to be charitable, it could have gone somewhere good. You know, it, you know they, they could have then launched into the apology. Or it could have just been,
0: like, thought it sounded better in their head. and
1: Instead, it takes a trip right down megalomaniacal psychosis lane. Um, a little bit later, it says, quote... But we're a bit proud, too. Because reading your letter reminded us how ballsy, articulate, and determined each of you are. Oh,
0: that's,
1: no. that's what we liked about you when you worked at BrewDog. So when we think about those days when we were a part of BrewDog, the BrewDog crew, we remember them for the impact each of you had in making the business we are now. And we're grateful for it. We know that some of you parted on bad terms, and sometimes that was because of something BrewDog did, and sometimes it was the other way around. Oh. It's, a, it's a universal truth that there are two sides to every story and the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle and never more is it true that the relationship between Brewdog and some of its former crew so yeah, I mean you kind of get that the, 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 the whole like that whole like hey we were, yeah, look how look how that's what we liked about you look, look at you little upstarts you know it's too bad you're being a dick about this and the whole like you know two sides to things
0: sort you know the marketing slash PR person who wrote that initial like release uh, was like, okay, we can smooth this over. Here's our plan. And then saw that letter and goes, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Here we go. C- it c- continues on going,
1: quote, everything we are doing collectively is genuine ma- genuinely making a positive difference to the world around us. And we simply can't allow social media posts to go by without putting our own perspective forward. A group of unhappy ex-employees cannot dictate to the world what it's like to work at BrewDog in 2021. Our experiences are just as valid as theirs, and we need the world to hear our voice, too. Um, which, okay, that's not really a defense. If you have a bar and 10 people are stabbed there every week, having 100 people who came in who didn't get stabbed really doesn't mean you don't have a stabbing problem. It's just a question of scale. And by the way, as a member of the public who is thinking about going to said bar, I'm not all that interested in the people who didn't get stabbed. I'm really more interested in, wait, how many people did get stabbed? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, yeah, we, have a, we have a lot of employees that have positive experiences. Yeah,
0: but... I want to hear that positive I'll... experience... When they no longer work for the company. Uh,
1: well, and also... Because a
0: paycheck is a real positive motivator.
1: Well, and also, yeah, the, and the people who didn't have a good time, they formed their own Twitter group and wrote an open letter. So that's not typically something you do. I've had bad that,
0: experiences. That's, that's not, I just had an asshole boss and like... Listen. Uh, oh, fuck, them. And my co-workers were like, it's not that bad. That's a... That's a consensus.
1: I've had bad work experiences. Um, at never roast this level. Here's my favorite bit. Quote, um, whether they're talking about all the things that are good about working for brew dog, um, quote, we love all the other benefits too, the ones you used to be a part of being a, being a living wage employer, giving every member of our crew, private health care, unicorn fund, profit sharing. We get to take paternity leave when we do get a dog. If you missed out on that, we can understand. Sorry. Um, we do take paternity leave when we get a dog. And if you missed out on that, we can understand why you'd be sad. It's an awesome perk. I don't know um, why they missed out on this quote-unquote paternity leave. If, if, it, if it was because... Um, maybe they didn't let's get a pet? See, we could be charitable, like, maybe they didn't get a dog, and therefore you can't take paternity leave. I don't think they would have brought it up if that was the case, but let's just assume, like... Okay, they didn't choose to get a dog during that time, which if you're going to get a dog, I guess, when you're an employee of BrewDog, that's the time to do it. Um, but also, it's just something so like,
0: it's a really good perk. You should have taken advantage of that. I mean, at the core, <laughs> BrewDog's perks were always pretty solid. Living was, wage employee, profit but, sharing, and the paternity leave as well as maternity
1: the I mean the the even the documentary did bring this that bring that up from a couple employees. I said no, really. The pay and everything else and the benefits are spectacular, especially in this industry. They're unheard. But of.
0: if you're not allowing people to actually utilize it, that's where.
1: But anyway, so the rest of the internet pretty much reacted the same way you and I are reacting, which is when Watts came out and said that the statement came didn't come from him, but rather his quote people team. Uh, the fuck is a people team. Employees were still encouraged to sign it. That's the word that was that was tossed around encouraged to sign it. And it's
0: kind of like Sam Adams is a craft brand. you know,
1: And on top of a letter that reads like the lead singer of Nickelback trying to start an emo band, <laughs> let me just say, that countering allegations of a culture of fear by pressuring employees and assigning the kind of letter that is a bit like, a, is a bit like apologizing for stealing someone's lunch by giving them a lunch with, that has their name written on it in their own handwriting. Or
0: having a reporter read in a hostage video, <laughs> I am okay, they are treating me well while you have a gun next to their head. I didn't even think about that. Did we, did, did we,
1: can we, when you ever, next time you talk to a BrewDog employee, just say blink twice if you're, if you're not okay. Yeah. Um... Anyway, that was it. Uh, Do
0: you know Morse code? I need you to blink it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much it. Watt decided against the advice of the uh, previous open letter and decided to sit quietly and wait things out. And that brings us to this week and the release of the documentary where those employees and others talked more about what it was like to work at BrewDog. Um, um, Surprise, surprise. Um, Well, and by, by the way, the documentary worth seeing unfortunately it's kind of hard to go to find um, because if you go to the BBC um, unless you uh, unless you uh, uh, have access to a uh, a, a British um, uh, or uh, a VPN that has a uh, a British server um, uh, you can't see it outside of the UK but it's also on a uh, um, uh, uh or uh, venmo um, and I'm gonna post a like- link to
0: Vimeo, or... Vimeo.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's on Vimeo. Um, I'm going to post a link to it on our on our social media so you can go check it out. Because um, it is a bit hard to find, but it's worth watching because it basically, uh, you know, it takes you through all the all the stunts um, and pointing out that they are kind of horseshit, but with kind of this kind of like, but it they are PR stunts and you know PR stunts are PR stunts. How much does it matter? But um, then they start going into the the culture. Well, first of all, they they, they go into the culture of fear, uh, and um, and surprise, surprise, um, allegations of sexual harassment um, that came out, uh, claiming that among other things, um, Watt would often have uh, uh, would would often bring guests, especially in the United States, uh, bring guests, especially uh, uh, attractive women to the brewery for uh, after hours tours. Um, he has a thing about sex on roofs. Because um, a cup uh, uh, in at least two breweries, he was either.
0: I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> he can't fault a guy there if it's consensual <laughs> sex on a roof. <laughs> no qualm here with me. Well, it does. Sound- if you're leveraging something, okay, I
1: got a problem. Uh, I mean, it does sound like he he's like he's one of these assholes that. Like has he's lazy, so he has like this the same move. Like he he obviously he's rich and has a Scottish accent, so you know, you, you know you're you got a leg up. You got a leg up, and then you know oh, do you want to see my brewery, but not in that accent. I do an act. I can't do a Scottish act. Oh, you'd like to see my brewery? And then they nip on down to the brewery like, oh, you should see the roof. It's such a lovely view from the roof. You want to see the skyline? Um, although it's funny because I got
0: a goldfish
1: tank up there. You want to go see my goldfish? Um, he was, he was caught on camera at least one of those places uh, uh, making out on the roof terrace. Although, uh, he then came uh, at least one statement but he claimed that A, he was unaware that they even had a roof.
0: He grew up in Scotland. They don't have roofs there. So... (laughs) <laughs> B, so you own the building. Do you not know they have fucking cameras, bro? <laughs> um, but um, also
1: a bit. I mean, you know, you, you're 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 not wrong there. It's like you own the business, but it's still like if you're employed, if you're their employees, their employees obviously feel, felt weird about it, and they're and all with a the culture there that no one could come up to them and said no one could go up to him and say, hey, you know when you like bring women here and have a makeout session on the roof. After hours, could you not do that, please?
0: <laughs> or at least do it after
1: we've left, so you can let yourself in and out. Oh yeah, or just or, or or whatever. I mean, also you're rich; you could literally do that in any bar in this great land of ours. Branch. Welcome out.
0: to America. Buy a penthouse. You don't
1: have to do it. You don't have to do it here, um, but it also, it also uh came out in the documentary that managers would schedule female workers. Around visits uh, by Watt, um, f- uh, female workers advised their colleagues uh, to dress down, not wear makeup, not attract attention when Watt was in, w- when Watt was in town. Um, he's apparently that kind of that guy who's going to sit at the bar and stare at you if he finds you attractive. Oh, um, so you know. So not only, is, not only is he out doing things, but if you were attractive at BrewDog, he's going to uh, just sit at the bar and just... And, try to
0: take you to the roof? Yeah, he's
1: going to try to take you to the roof. Um, uh, and it also, the doc- documentary also goes into great detail about BrewDog's crowdsourcing program, which, without diving into the minutia of the documentary, again, worth seeing... Um, the quick version of, of it is they sold shares of the company to basically their fans, you know, crowdfunding as a way to invest in the company. Um, they then turned around and sold 25% of their company to, of, of special stock, by the way, um, to a, uh, to a uh, um, a private equity firm
0: of like a preferred stock, or? yeah,
1: that guarantees. Well, it's a preferred stock, which is not unusual, but apparently mm-hmm. the eighteen percent guaranteed returns is extremely yeah, unusual. Yeah, that's one
0: hundred percent unfucking usual.
1: And that, and then to help pay for that, ask BrewDog fans for more money with another crowdsourcing scheme. Um. Kind of a reverse Robin Hood thing. the uh, the, the Rob punk- from the poor to
0: give to the rich, yeah. <laughs> that, would, that is... Uh, that like is Like A.B. InBev hasn't even tried to do that shit.
1: Listen, A.B. InBev's watching this documentary going, holy
0: shit, can we get... <laughs> can,
1: can we, we found
0: our new CEO! <laughs>
1: One more interesting tidbit. This is not, this is, this, it's not as bad as anything else in, came out of this, but interesting. You you know which, um, uh, if, if you've been following James Watt for a while, yeah? Yeah. And what, do you know what brand he especially has it out for? Because he's always been like, fuck a commercial beer, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what brand he especially has it out for?
0: No. Heineken. Ah, uh, which makes sense. It's... Yeah, yeah. Uh... I I do know when they started their own Lone Wolf Distillery, they went after a brewery that was named Lone Wolf and basically ceased and assisted them out of existence.
1: They're also extremely litigious, but check this out. It came out in the documentary that Watt owns upwards of 500,000
0: pounds and guess which stock? (laughs) Heineken. Genius play! I gotta say, (laughs) genius fucking play. Like, this is almost to the level of when A.B. took the penalty... Crash the CBA stock just so it could buy the last third that it needed at a much lower price. Genius fucking play. I mean, I've seen politicians do this with like guns, uh, be be like anti-gun, run on that platform uh, to get elected. But a lot of their stock they've invested in is weapons and ammo manufacturers right before they run. So when they get elected, they have to pass that off. And the stock price goes through the fucking roof. <laughs> it, it's
1: it's only helpful if no one finds out about. It. Although, one of the best parts of this documentary, I gotta say, was so they have one of their one of the uh, employees. He was a, I think a PR uh, a marketing person um, at Brew Dogs, and there is a point where the uh, interviewer, you know, drops this on him. And I, it, you just look at this uh, the, this guy's reaction—it's beautiful. You could not get a better reaction if the guy said, "So it turns out we've have this. This is a uh, this is true. It turns out James Watt is from Mars. Yeah, we actually have. Here's a picture of him. Uh, here's a spaceship. I mean, it's just this, this this like, this this look on this guy's face. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it is method for for just pure like shock and just, awe. Yeah, it really is just like the balls on that guy
0: dude which is genius because you sit there and you shit talk you're giving basically free advertisement to heineken
1: um anyway so where are we at now well what has uh what now back to a corner did which, which i think we can all agree is the most punk rock thing to do he said none of it was true and he threatened legal action against the bbc attaboy which good luck with that um story is very much still shaking out, but I think we can all agree that you're going to want to bring some galoshes. It going to be a shit storm. Um, <laughs> um and that's kind of where, I mean, like I said, uh, we'll po- post the links to the, uh, uh to the, uh, documentary. Uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll keep you updated on how the, the brew dog, um, uh, BBC dick <laughs> measuring contest goes. I mean, I, if I, well, if I had to guess, um,
0: you know, BBC
1: has deeper pockets than even Brewdog.
0: Oh yeah, um, and and BBC's not going to look
1: like the asshole here. I say so. I mean, yeah. Good luck. suggest <laughs> is, uh, is 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 uh, is is what I'm saying. It doesn't look good for uh, Watt at the moment. Um, and also, um, if you decide to uh, run your uh, company on a culture of fear. Um, Don't be really, really good at it. (laughs) Or if you
0: thought about applying for BrewDog, maybe think twice.
1: Um, Or if you thought about uh, going to BrewDog, don't. (laughs) They kill squirrels. They do kill, we do have proof of that. They do, (laughs) they do kill squirrels. Um, So we did open another beer while while I was in the middle of that tirade. Um, I also, in addition to Mobius, um, just because I saw this uh, nearby, um, I decided to get uh, Rogue's uh, double chocolate stout for us.
0: So on the can, it says share me in the like Hershey's bar looking candy. At first I thought it said shake me. I was like, do you actually have to shake up this beer to like remix back in the fucking chocolate? Is it separating? And then I realized I was just an idiot and not reading correctly.
1: Um, has been a long time since I had this one rogue is rogue is one of those, uh, uh, breweries that I so want to like. And so often I'm like, yeah, that's disappointing.
0: I mean, this is a but solid beer. But it's a... I do like that they do a pair with label on it. I mean, this one's good. It's a little bit... There
1: are... when I, th- I think when I want a chocolate stout, I want something a little bit smoother. This has like a really roasty bite at the
0: end of it. It does have a roasty finish.
1: Um, I think I, the, at least the chocolate stouts I like best. Lou Jean comes to mind. Um, that You just heard Tyler have like a,
0: a little oh, beer gas right dude. over there. Just... Um, I was heartbroken the day they took that beer it's away. It's back. I know it's back, and my life has been happy ever since. Um
1: note to Tyler's child uh, when you eventually uh, hear this, um, that's that that's Tyler's greatest joy in life is not you. Not my long You got a lot to live up to, kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's even better. You're like, listen, the gauntlet has been thrown down. It's now you and the Lou Jean chocolate stout. And by the way, when you get older, I'll have you try some, and you'll understand. And, Lou Jean, and the Lou Jean, the Lu Jean didn't spend the better part of three years shitting in his pants. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it cost
0: me a lot less than a hospital. Trip.
1: So you're gonna start. You're gonna. You're not gonna start in a great place. Uh, so good luck to. <laughs> but you know the tortoise and the hare, You might be
0: able to catch up and win. Uh. <laughs> oh. Oh Jesus, Tyler! What's uh? What's next? Well, Jeremy, have you ever wanted to own an island, run a bar, and be royalty? I mean, only o- only every day I've ever been
1: alive. In fact, if you look on the floor, I've actually like got a little circle like so. Well, hot
0: damn! Do I got the deal for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, saw this article on NPR. Uh, there, you know. Not everywhere is immune to the great resignation going on right now. Uh, the Barrow and Ferris Borough Council is looking for the next landlord of Pile Island, which consists of 50 acres, a half mile off England's northwest coast, and is home to wildlife, castle ruins, and, centri- and a centrally centuries-old pub. Wow, that was tough.
1: To Stop you there. The problem. The problem with this is when you say uh, uh, island and pub and royalty, I immediately say tropical island. So, no. I mean, British uh, British islands are, they're just they're just damp gray bits of rock in the middle of a terrible ocean.
0: Well, listen up here. <laughs> okay. So the local government is trying to award a ten year lease to one lucky applicant by the time the twenty twenty two season starts in April. Uh, your primary primarily responsible for running the beloved pub the ship in so you've got experience there uh, as well as maintaining other parts of the island such as its small campsite uh, according to the posting uh, the su- successful applicant will need to dedicate their role on Pile, an absolute jewel in the borough's crown while taking care of the many people who visit the pub each year while there are periods when the pub in the island is bustling with people, there will be periods of quiet too. Something the successful applicant will need to embrace. Uh, you won't just be a landlord, you'll be a monarch. Uh, <laughs> this, that's according to the tradition of What's kings that? and knights of Pyle, as the government explains.
1: <laughs> can we just briefly, if I, if I get this job, can I change the name? <laughs> So pile, where are you? I'm the king of pile.
0: Uh, I've been the king of my own pile my entire life. The tradition holds that each new landlord is c- crowned king of pile in a ceremony of uncertain origin, in which they sit in an ancient chair, wearing a helmet, holding a sword, while alcohol is poured over their head. All right, I'm in. Uh- <laughs> Is this, wait,
1: is this an an island off the uh, the British, or 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 is this a fucking frat house?
0: I don't know, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I've done that ceremony to a pledge before. Beer shower! Uh.
1: (laughs) Okay, that motion would combine, I mean, uh, luckily, if you're listening, you did not see that, but I'm going to describe it, uh, Tyler basically did the worst jack-off motion, (laughs) yell beer shower, with this horrible look, and I was like, oh my god, I am so glad I was never in a frat, because it Uh. sounds... I mean, it's always it sound a little bit homoerotic.
0: That just sounded past... <laughs> I mean, the picture of it in the summer looks <laughs> actually pretty nice. It does look lovely. There's a little castle there. And, a little yeah. castle. It looks probably like a mile in diameter. Sure, we'll call it that. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Uh, so visitors can see the island themselves by taking a 12-person ferry uh, that runs between April and September. Uh... It's also possible to walk across the sand uh, during low tide and good weather. Okay. Uh, So, uh, if you're looking to get out of the United States, uh, there's an opportunity, and if you want to work in a pub that's over 300 years old... I kind (laughs) of do. You can go from being just a lowly beer tender to being a king.
1: (laughs) That's right. I'm King Shit down in Turdland. Everyone
0: worships me. <clears throat> and then you can literally look at people and go, "You fucking pleb." <laughs> I'm the King of Pile.
1: <laughs> Are you not entertained, sir? We're all like, we're all kings of piles here. <laughs> You're not special. <laughs> what do we got next, Jeremy? AB InBev news now. Where AB is not the fucking worst company we've mentioned today that's where we are. AB InBev is looking to position itself better as a, as, a, as a brand. And the craft beer is basically humping everything that moves or denying allegations that they tried to hump everything that moves. <clears throat> um, this comes from Adweek by uh, uh, Catherine Lodstrom. Um, Anheuser-Busch, uh, the company that literally put the AB, AB in AB InBev, uh, rolled out a new logo this week just after the parent company started a, their own rebranding project. So actually, we'll start with uh, uh, the AB InBev rebranding. Um their their new logo is three yellow semicircles coming together as as if like three glasses of beer coming in for a cheers with a tagline to a future with more cheers proving that AB InBev can can make having a beer with your friends into a shameless corporate statement. <laughs> um Richard Opie, uh Global Vice President of uh, Global Brands at AB InBev, uh wants the logo to make people think about quote a future worth more innovation a future with more sustainability, and ultimately a future with more happiness. And not to be outdone, um, Anheuser-Busch um, updated their image, which you might remember is a bald eagle flying through a red A. Um, all the color is gone now. Um, I'm going to actually post pictures of this on our Instagram feed. Although All the color is gone now. Um, the entire logo is gold on a red background. Also, the eagle has been flipped around, so the eagle looks towards the right, toward the... F- Quote the company, Toward the Future. Oh,
0: <laughs> that is so lame.
1: Um, the simpler design and color scheme are both changes made in, uh, in the age of smaller screens, um, specifically phone screens, which makes the name of the company written in a font um, seem a little, that seemed like lifted off a bad wedding invitation, seem a little odd. Um, their original script was uh, was Anheuser-Busch in block lettering, um, now it's just like this weird um, script that looks like, well, I think uh, uh, you brought up something.
0: Yep. Uh, so Yingling uh, Brewing tweeted at AB InBevon goes, Cool new eagle. We're flattered. Yingling, America's oldest brewery, established 1829. With a side-by-side photo of their two logos, the font almost looks identical. Uh, Yingling has... Always had their eagle facing towards the right, standing on a cliff and a barrel, where, and the wing position of the ABMBEV eagle looks oddly similar to Yinglings.
1: I mean, I was the both of their uh, uh, images, you know, their logos rather have always contained an eagle. So I was in. In Anheuser Bush defense, oh my god, that just came out of my mouth. In In, in Anheuser Bush defense, <laughs> the eagle, I think, is is easy to, but it was the script. I'm like, ooh, that actually does look a little bit like
0: Yingling's logo.
1: Yeah, but it was, but actually, it's neither the the, the script or it's a uh, it's a uh, um, uh, I guess resemblance to Yingling that has raised a couple of eyebrows in the uh, in the advertising world. Um, it's what's missing, or suddenly missing, that's that's got people uh, uh, wondering. Um, in the original logo, the eagle clutches a shield and arrows that's a little bit reminiscent of the Great Seal of the United I mean, States. Yeah. Right? That's missing in the new logo, which adds to the simplicity, but also appears to be turning down the nationalism a notch. Um, Douglas Sellers, executive creative director at Agency Siegel & Gale, noted that the alterations make it feel, quote, less aggressive. Um not sure what that means but when poss- possibly one of the most american brand wants to turn down the america a little bit that's probably saying something about a that brand and b america <laughs> listen um we need to like get some distance between us you guys are <laughs> um all of this comes as ab uh finds itself as the world's largest beer company that is still losing ground to smaller upstarts um the new ceo uh michelle uh, Mikhail, uh Mikkel Dalchrist, as I'm going to go with, go with <laughs> fucking Belgians, um, quote, we took our eyes off consumer trends and innovation. And as a result, growth in the entire beer category did not reach its full potential. He added that uh, the company has to go from buying growth to growing itself, quote, from being category leaders to leading category growth. And if their history has anything to say about it, they will uh, spend a, a, a little bit of time trying to grow itself before realizing, fuck this, it's hard, we don't know how to do it, and they're just going to buy growth.
0: Yep. Uh, funny <coughs> enough, uh, Yingling had just sent a cease and desist back in December to AB Bev for Bud Light's Next. So uh, the Bud Light Next was tweeted out, on Bud Light's Twitter that said, get ready for the next generation of beer. Uh, which is strikingly similar to Yingling's, uh, beer, the flight that released back in 2020 that said, uh, the next generation of light beer. <laughs> and so Yingling decided to poke a little fun, uh, tweeted an image of a cartoon burglar, masked, suspended from the from a rope, pilfering flights catchphrase. He goes, We know imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but this is going a bit too far. Uh, <laughs> and sent him a cease and desist, and immediately they started changing up uh, their advertising for that. Uh, but... Way to stay true to your core, there, <laughs> Ab and Bev.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen. At their heart, there are a bunch of uh, 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 unscrupulous uh, bastards that would you know, sell their own grandmother if they thought it would raise uh, beer sales by ten percent. You know, um, which is actually part of what makes the. Uh, I mean, when when I when I saw that little tidbit about you know uh, toning down the nationalistic imagery in their uh, logo, I uh, made me go. See, the thing is, is that. Inbev wouldn't do that if they didn't think it was profitable. Because here's the thing: if for some reason they thought that an image of uh, of uh, Mr. Belvedere, squat humping Terry Shiva, would raise beer sales by about fifteen percent, you're gonna bend over. (laughs) You're gonna have some awkward conversations in the grocery store about uh, weird '90s sitcoms, um, weird news stories from the early aughts, and or I think that's the early aughts, and then of course reproduction in general. What I'm saying is, is they have no morals, they have no scruples, and so if that's what the,
0: if that's where they're going, I'm not super surprised at this trend, though. Uh, thinking back a couple of years to their immigration Super Bowl commercial,
1: well, and I also I think if you're if you're Trying to go after younger drinkers, which I think they are absolutely trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem is older drinkers die off because they've you know
0: been drinking all their life, um, <laughs> slamming thirty Budweisers a day for f- fifty years. Uh.
1: You know, and so they're you know they're if you're going after the younger demographic, that probably does help. So,
0: which uh, or or at least doesn't hoit. I was gonna say, yeah, it's not gonna hurt your sales and. Let's also, be honest. How many of the like true America people even noticed that they
1: a few will. Um I'll, I I will let some of I'll let some of them know just so they'll uh, they really pissed off. Um but and they'll go back to their nat, natty lights. <laughs> uh-huh. Natty Natty light, you're still proud to be American, aren't you? Funny <laughs> enough,
0: I think Bush like uh is making a huge resurgence right now due to YouTube videos and TikTok. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when, me and another rep were talking about this, and he's like, "Dude, he's like, I'm pretty sure Bushlight numbers have started to outpace like Bud Light numbers in Idaho." Fucking really. So, like, the You Betcha guy, like, they leaned in hard with him, started doing the Bush Lights, Bush Lattes, like.
1: You Betcha, sorry. I'm. Uh, I, 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 it's
0: a dude who made basically a YouTube channel in, from the Midwest, and so he. I, mean, I,
1: I, I picked up Midwest from the You Betcha guy, but. Yeah. I but, mean, I could,
0: I, I, I've heard the Minnesota accent. <clears throat> I think he's, like, Iowa, so. That's not really You
1: Betcha territory. I mean, it is sort of. That's definitely, that's uh, that's more of the upper, that's Minnesota, Wisconsin. Oh, you. Oh, yeah, you betcha, yeah.
0: Uh, but, so, he he took off, like, the Bush Apple was, like, something they released exclusively with him first. Like, it took off, and now, like, people see Bush Light as fun, and it's almost becoming, like, the new PBR.
1: I guess what I'm hearing is I, that you and I have got to, like, well, I guess we got to get on TikTok for a start. Um, and then we got to find, like, some downtrodden brand and then bring it not back. Natty Light! And bring it back. <laughs> Let's not. Rainier? <laughs> Rainier. Let's do that. Let's do Rainier.
0: Rainier? <laughs> Every episode we just start with a Rainier and just be like, Rainier! <laughs>
1: Greatest commercial ever, and that's how we lost uh, the three people that listen to this podcast.
0: <laughs> no, I'm bringing Rainier next week. Oh.
1: <laughs> Do it! Or I'm gonna throw it at your head. I'm gonna make you drink the Core's Edge that I actually still have in the cooler. <laughs> There was there was a scheme at one point in time that if you left a, a five star review, uh, um, that uh, uh, one of us would chug a, 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 a core's Edge. Um, we didn't get enough five star reviews to uh, to use. Now, them. what's that oh. say about our listeners? <laughs> They're lazy fucks because they drink too much. <laughs> I don't think I don't think any any one of them would uh, dispute that idea. No. <laughs> so you know, they, I could leave five stars, but
0: I could drink this I'm beer. Also,
1: I'm, <laughs> al- I'm also like half in the bag. So I could either leave five stars,
0: Derek. Shit, is five stars technically leaving them all empty or filling them <laughs> all?
1: <laughs> so anyway, um, so I'll make you drink one of those. Bring Rainier.
0: Oh, I'm bringing What's a Rainier. You know I, I just realized that some Ragnier.
1: I just, I just, uh, I threw down the gauntlet. If I if I wanted to uh, to discourage his behavior, I wouldn't react to it. In fact, I would just pull up Rainier from the side, like, already there. Oh, dude, I'd slam a Rainier <laughs> right now. Uh, I ha-
0: Jeremy, we've went over this. I have a super soft spot in my heart for shitty, <laughs> shitty, shitty beer. Uh, it's the North Idaho in me. I'm like, hams? I'll take one. Rainier? You betcha. Uh, Olympia? If you still made it, I'd drink it. Uh. <laughs>
1: I don't share I, I mean, I'll mess Red up.
0: dog? Oh, red yeah. dog. I don't think I've ever had a red dog. Oh, dude. I remember. Just, that like, was my favorite shitty beer my dad used to drink because I was like, that dog looks cool. And then he won me a red dog prize off a fucking drawing. As a kid, I was like, that's awesome. This is the best beer ever.
1: <laughs> Did you? Then, then, when you tried it, what was your opinion of it? Then? Oh, I never tried it. Okay. Have you ever tried it? No. Do we have to try Red Dog for the you first time? You can't find it. Oh, thank Christ.
0: Dude, if if someone can find no. Red Dog no. and no. send no. it. No, 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 yes. no, no, no. Shut no. up. No, do not. We will drink it on it's, the podcast. It's
1: all, it's all, beer, does not endorse this whatsoever. Do not send a 20 year old
0: can of Red Dog anywhere. I think. I talks- think they still make it in the Midwest. So if you can give us a within a year can, we'll drink it. <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of, at this point in time, I,
1: I'm i very happy that uh, our Lister base is drunks so going, oh, that would be funny. Uh, should I should have to get up and go to the post office or something. Never mind. I think I'll drink the red dog myself. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else for us today? <laughs>
0: uh, nope. That's about it for us.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, this has been uh, It's All Beer. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us... Um, and find out where you can send Tyler his can of fucking Red Dog. Uh, you can do that on our Twitter feed. Uh, we put all, also put all, all the stories we use to make this podcast up there. And, and it's all beer one. Uh, we've got Instagram. We've got Facebook. I use it sometimes when uh, our stories are more uh, picture-heavy, which apparently this week they are, so keep a lookout for that. Um, Instagram and Facebook, it's all beer. And if you want Tyler's address, send that Red Dog beer. Uh... Uh, uh, give, send me send it to it's all beer at gmail.com. Um I will I will forward you his address where you can just flood his uh, inbox with uh, with the nastiest beer you can you
0: can dredge up from your basement. We're <laughs> gonna drink it on this. You know what? Summer break episode. We're doing a huh. shitty beer Dumb. flight ranking. God damn you, Tyler. Why do you why, why do you say things you know will hurt me? It's either that or hard seltzer blind taste test. I'm, I'm actually more down for the blind set, the, the hard Some seltzer. Don't shit, <laughs> t- <laughs> we're doing the shitty beer
1: tasting. I mean, given given those those two uh, uh, horrible choices, I think I would rather take the hard seltzer. Because there's a chance, there's a slim but attractive chance I might go, yeah, this is not bad. I, I, I actually would drink this. Maybe once in a while I'd find, find a hard seltzer type thing. The, what was it? The, um, the, the... Actually, it's AB Imbabs it like cocktail inspired seltzers. I oh. those are actually pretty good.
0: I think they discontinued those. I know. I,
1: oh, I I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. At the same time, I'm you know they were taste anyway. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, that, so uh, so I guess we've got a a, a fun filled year packed for us. So uh, 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 keep listening. Um, and for the meantime, that'll be uh, quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm actually not going to drink beer because Tyler has ruined the concept of beer. Have fun!